Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and the Seahawks made news on Monday by trading a fifth-round draft pick in 2020 to Washington for cornerback Quentin Dunbar. It's a move that could signal that Trey Flowers could likely see his snaps reduced in the upcoming season. The trade became official on Tuesday. More news on Monday. The Seahawks also made it official with the signings of offensive lineman B.J. Finney from Pittsburgh and offensive tackle Cedric Abwehi from Jacksonville. In some other news for the Seahawks, late Monday evening, the agency that represents defensive lineman Al Woods announced that he would be joining the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that leaves two interior defensive line positions vacated by both Woods, who had about 450 snaps last year, playing 42% of the time, and Quentin Jefferson, who had about 589 snaps, 55% of the time. So a couple significant losses on the interior of the defensive line. But with Jaron Reed coming back, I think we can expect an increase in his overall snap numbers from 2019. Tuesday was a big day for wide receivers. Six free agent wideouts were linked up with new teams, and the Seahawks are one of those six. Seattle adding Philip Dorsett, a guy with 4-3 speed who was drafted by the Colts and played with the New England Patriots last year. Some of those other wide receiver signings included Robbie Anderson of the Jets going to the Panthers. That left a void for the Jets to fill. They brought in Brashad Perryman from the Tampa Bay Bucks. Devin Funchess moved on to the Packers. And Travis Benjamin signed with the San Francisco 49ers. Lastly, the Bills picked up Isaiah McKenzie. With that out of the way, Monday evening, I had a chance to go on the local radio station here and talk Seahawks free agency with Anthony Knockreiner and his show, The Knock on Sports on KGEZ. Stay tuned for our chat. And later this week, I'm planning to talk to John Gilbert of Field Goals about where the Seahawks are at with the salary cap. So hit me up on Twitter, at SeahawkersPod, if you have any questions before Thursday evening, and we might be able to get to your question on the show. All right, here's my chat with Anthony on The Knock on Sports. As uh, right now joining me here in the Whitefish Credit Union studios is my good friend Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Fuel Goals podcast as we talk some NFL free agency. Brandon, it is great to have you in the brand new studios for the first time, man. Yeah, this is nice. I had to, I had to actually check it out. This is, is you got a nice new setup now. Yeah, I'm really excited. I can't wait for football season. We get to use this place even more, uh, and you know, hopefully, we will have a football season. At <laughs> That's this too point. far away. Let, let's stop. You know, I, <laughs> I know we have to kind of think that way, but it's also it's a long time uh, to go still. Absolutely, uh, Brandon. Let's just start here. Obviously, NFL free agency with what the Seattle Seahawks have done. Still, the biggest move is the move that hasn't happened yet. And that's whether or not the Seahawks are going to lose that on Jadavion Clowney or they're going to be able to get his services. Where's your gut feeling right now with Clowney coming back to be a Seahawk? My gut feeling is that it is still that he comes back. And maybe it's a little bit optimistic, but uh, because it has gone on this long, you start to see the options available for a lot of other teams. You know, they've they've gone out and kind of acquired their free agents. I heard a report that the Dolphins were offering up to $17 million a year for Clowney. Now, they were actually wanting him uh, but when the trade happened for the Seahawks. And so uh, I don't think that's a place where he wanted to go. He said he wanted to go to a place where he could play with a playoff contender. 
And so when when you consider that, that limits his options. And then also with a lot of his health issues, you know, he had microfracture surgery on his knee a while back. He also just had the core injury surgery here recently. So with the restrictions on players being able to travel and meet with other doctors, I think it's really limiting his market. And with that, it's bringing down the cost. Now, that could work out really well for the Seahawks because they could get him for maybe a lower price than they originally thought. But they could also end up only getting him for a a short-term deal instead of a longer-term deal. Yeah, I was about to say, I think the, the interesting part here is, is what do you think is what do you think is more likely to happen as we continue to get time? A shorter deal for Clowney or a long-term deal as time continues to kind of keep going? I do think, well, the good thing with the Seahawks is they're going to have probably more information than any other team has. And that was part of the, the good part of the trade. Mm-hmm. Now with him having the core injury, you know, it's... I, I guess you know from from a fan looking at it on the outside, you kind of have to defer to the team based on what they're going to know just medical wise. If they're able to still get him for a long term deal, and it comes in that he's you know kind of at the upper end of that second tier, it seems like he wanted that first tier money of Khalil Mack and uh, Lawrence from Dallas and to be at that kind of level. And I think everybody's kind of slotting him in underneath that level, maybe at the top of the next level in terms of the market. And if he just wants a one or two year deal, I think his what he ends up getting is going to come in even less. Yeah, I was going to say it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Clowney uh, because I, I was going to say too. I think at this point, I'm glad the Seahawks made the move they did with Bruce Irvin. I think this is where it's kind of smart. I know they're two different sports, but I felt with the Lakers, they kept waiting on LeBron. Seattle's not just waiting for G. Davion Clowney to make that move. They add Irvin, uh, and they continue to add more pieces as well. You talk about that trade. Let's talk about that trade now too. Quentin Dunbar now coming over uh, from the Washington Redskins. All you do is part ways with a fifth-round pick. What do you really like about that trade? Yeah, you know, with the the Bruce Irvin deal was probably the more significant upgrade for the team on the defensive line because he's going to improve Ziggy Anza. Now, the deal for Dunbar, only giving up a fifth-round pick. This is one of those deals where John Schneider, holy smokes, you know, you look at what he's done getting Quandre Diggs from the Lions and him having being such an impactful player for the team. I look at the Quentin Dunbar deal from the Skins, and that's going to be, I think, that similar type of level, a fifth-round pick. Now, people are wondering, well, if he's so good, why did they only have to give up a fifth-round pick? Well, about a month ago, he was saying that he wanted to be released or traded from the Skins, and you know they they wanted to keep him, I think, but it sounded like he was set on going, so that limits his market. And rather than him play for a season... Uh, with Washington and then ultimately have him go and and they get a a third round comp pick based on whatever he ends up signing for. Essentially, now they're getting a a fifth round pick right away. So it it works out better for Washington in a sense because they don't have to deal with uh, having a guy around who doesn't want to be there. And the Seahawks make out because now they have an upgrade at their right cornerback position over Trey Flowers. I was about to say that defense is looking pretty good. And, you know, we'll get to this a little bit later on, obviously, because the NFC and I know, again, I've been talking about it because Tom Brady's now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, but it does make things a lot more interesting across the landscape of the NFC. Oh, sure. Uh, but the offensive line, let's talk about that as well. You guys have signed four guys. You signed Chance Warmack earlier today as well. Um, of those four guys, who do you really like? Well, the the one that I think I like the most is Brandon Shell, just because it means that Jermaine Effetti is likely not coming back as a member of the Seahawks. And there were so many times where he would cause a penalty that would just be in a critical situation. It would put him behind the sticks, and they it slowed up their offense. And Fetty was a, 
there were so many moments that he was a part of that. And when you look at Brandon Shell from the Jets, he's kind of a similar player and they get about the same results, but he doesn't commit the penalties. So that, to me, that's one of their better moves. That's a huge upgrade, not having a guy that commits penalties. Now, Chance Warmack, he would be the other guy that I look at because here's a top 10 pick out of Alabama. He was a guy that played for three seasons with the Titans, and he had he was a solid player. He went into that fourth season. They, they declined his fifth-year option, which, you know, that was a little bit of a red flag for me that the Titans declined that option. And then, you know, the bummer for him, he uh, tears a tendon in his hand in just game two. He goes to the Eagles. Well, who is he behind at the Eagles on the right guard spot? Uh, a Pro Bowl right guard. So he has to go over to left guard to compete. And things don't necessarily work out for him there. Again, he's dealing with injuries. I, Of all the guys I think that they've signed, I think Chance Warmack has the most potential upside. All right. I, I, I said that is that is more info I had because I see four <laughs> guys get signed. Shell looked good. Warmack, I know because of the fact that he was drafted so early. Right. But, you know, a, a lot of guys that were just signed on the offensive line, obviously, once again, a priority uh, for the Seahawks. Do you see the Seahawks, whether it's right now going into free agency? I know the two biggest running backs are off the board already, um, you know, with with Gurley and, and Melvin Gordon. Would you like to have seen Seattle try and make a play for either one of those guys or, or address that position either now in free agency or in the draft just because of the injuries already? Based on the cost, when you look at Gurley and Gordon, the answer is no. Now, if Gurley would have come in, I don't know, half of what he went to Atlanta for, mm-hmm. maybe. But there's still so many guys out there that you can look at and say, for, for a guy to come in and be the, the number three guy, essentially, I, I don't think that they need to go out and spend a ton for that because you do have, you do expect guys to come back and be healthy uh, it might take Rashad Penny a, a few more weeks to to be a part of the lineup, but mm-hmm. um, I I do think that those guys are out there either through the draft or later on in free agency. What did you think about the Jaron Reed deal? I was okay with that. He was a guy that I expected to leave, and because I thought the cost would be so high, kind of in the upward fifteen million dollar a year range. Now he comes in. You know, still over ten million dollars a year, but you know that's that's a significant. Uh, it gives him a significant chance to for the next couple of years for him to for the team to look at and see if the previous year where he was a double digit sack guy, if he can kind of return to that form. You know, especially with this last year him being suspended and being out six games, and I, I do think that uh, that's that's a pretty good risk to take, but it does limit them now. In going out and getting more pass rush help, I think, and I was I was counting on them having a little bit more cap space because they wouldn't bring back Jaron Reed, and uh, but I, it's one of those ones I look at and I, I go okay, kind of it's it's okay mm-hmm. because he was fine last year and and there is that upside. Right now we're with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast. Is there anybody still left in free agency that he has on his wish list? We'll find out next here on the Knock On Sports. Right now, we are with Brandon Schultz from the Seahawkers and Field Goals podcast as we're taking a look back at Seahawks free agency. Again, obviously, still a lot of free agents that could be signed, but pretty much the biggest names, the names that we've been talking about, they're all pretty much signed here at this point. So, Brandon, uh, let me just get your thoughts on that. Is there anybody that right now that's still on the market that you're looking at? You know, it, was, it would be great to see them in a Seahawks uniform. 
Yeah, I do think that with the you know the the team kind of being in limbo with Jadavian and Clowney, I think that if he ends up going somewhere else, say the Titans, or you know if another team comes out of nowhere just because of the fact that now maybe they're willing to take uh, to, to try and get him as, at a cheaper deal than maybe they even thought. You know, the Colts are another team out there that could be could potentially have interest. I'm looking at a guy like Everson Griffin, maybe, who said mm. that he, he wasn't going to come back to the Vikings now. He could be out there. He has the ties to USC, Pete Carroll. So that could be a potential signing for them. And then another guy I look at was a guy who played for the Giants last year, but he was in the NFC West, Marcus Golden, who is a pass rusher for the Cardinals. And I, I, I just always remember him having success against the Seahawks. So uh, in terms of pass rush, I, I de- that's really where my focus is right now because I feel like with the addition uh, at, at corner, that, that fills a, a need, and they've definitely filled out the offensive line and even more than I could have hoped. You know, the other, if they were to maybe go wide receiver just to, to have more weapons for Russell Wilson to throw to, but that's really low on the priority when you consider just how much they have already. Yeah, I was going to say, there's still quite a few good wide receivers that are still on uh, the market at this point. So, yeah, it'd be really interesting because I think there's still going to be those guys. Uh, down the line uh, right now Brandon Schultz joining us so Brandon um, let me get your thoughts on what happened around the division as well uh, DeAndre Hopkins going to the Cardinals now yeah. they look a little more dangerous on offense they still have to stop people from scoring 30 right. points a game uh-huh. but what do you think about that move for the Cardinals oh well it makes the move for Jadevi and Clowney it seem like it wasn't that great of a deal because I, I think back now and what more could we have gotten from Bill O'Brien because <laughs> Gosh, if he's willing to to take on the contract of David Johnson from the Cardinals, I think we all looked at that and said, there's no way David Johnson is going anywhere from Arizona because nobody's going to be willing to take on that contract. Well, it turns out there was, and it was Bill O'Brien, and he was willing to give up DeAndre Hopkins to do it too. He's He's been one of my favorite receivers in the NFL. And to pair him now with Larry Fitzgerald, a guy who, despite being in the division, has been one of my favorite receivers – uh, it uh, it hurts me. It hurts me, Anthony, personally. <laughs> <laughs> I hear it in your voice. I hear it, man. Um, also, to go along with it, uh, the Rams, uh, they're in they're they're one in 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 cap hell, and oh, yeah. they're in draft hell. Yeah, and they're in quarterback hell because they have Jared Goff as their quarterback. So. <laughs> They're in a lot of hell. They're in about three circles of it. Yeah, I couldn't be as as devastated as I was about the uh, Hopkins coming to the NFC West. I am ecstatic by the fact that the Rams and the situation they find themselves in because they had to let Todd Gurley go. They had to take a huge cap hit just to let him go. And they also have to try and figure out a way to pay Jalen Ramsey. And gosh, well, they're trying to move Brandon Cooks, too. They're tr- well, because they have to. They They have no cap space, and they've had to allow guys on the defensive line to go. Now they were able to, to pick up the the pass rusher for the Bears. Um, uh, oh, what, Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd, yeah. And that so that helped backfill some of that need. But they're going to have a tough tough time this this upcoming season. They may have moved down a, a spot in the division, Well, whereas Arizona's on the rise. Well, the interesting thing about it, too, is, is they also released their logo today. I think they look like that. That one with the L.A. and yeah. then the Ram thing, that looks more like the Chargers logo <laughs> right. more than anything. But, uh, yeah, they. what did you think about the Rams' new logo? The one that came out today is a slight improvement over the one that initially got leaked uh, that was on the hat because that one was a disaster based off of the color scheme because they put it on the hat 
mm-hmm. and it kind of had the yellow outline and so it made kind of a greenish color that wasn't a ram's color it looked really weird this one it's still not great i mean having the whole ram horn growing out of the a is just kind of a weird idea it looks yeah. like clay matthews hair you know flowing out of the top of the a but then they released matthews so <laughs> that didn't it was a huge either. mistake they weren't thinking ahead <laughs> Um, Brandon, I obviously, you know, Tom Brady's now in, in the NFC here. I know you're excited about that. I, right? I am. I'm thrilled. Uh, so let me ask you that. I look at the NFC South right now. I think the NFC South is the best division in football. Oh, <laughs> I can already okay. tell. Um, yeah, I, th- I think they are. And, and the NFC West, obviously, with three potential, well, I'll say two, but two for sure playoff teams. I think the Rams take a step back, and I'm not ready to crown the Cardinals a playoff team just by adding DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but the NFC, what do you think about the landscape now that Brady's in Tampa? Oh, man, now I wish we were playing the NFC South as the NFC West this year. Just just so you... I, I can't get over this. The NFC South being the best when you have two quarterbacks over 40. You have a mediocre quarterback for the Falcons. How's and, it mediocre? Hey, it's mediocre. What? Oh, because the Falcons did so great last year? Matt Ryan puts <laughs> up great numbers. It's not his fault his defense or half the team gets injured. They have a defensive coach. It's supposed to be yeah, a good defensive team. I know. So how <laughs> he has Julio Jones. He's had a great running game. How, how have they not been able to su- succeed? I don't know, but Matt Ryan's not, not mediocre. I and then think. look at Carolina. Hey, Teddy Bridgewater, man. Okay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he might be the best quarterback in the division, Anthony, next year. Oh, oh, wow. I don't think so. I mean, (laughs) I'm glad you pointed it that way. Still can't stop laughing at this. Um, You got a point there. Like I said, the NFC South, obviously there's still a lot of risk to the reward to Tampa Bay because it could ultimately come down. But I think... I think New Orleans will be fine, even with Drew Brees coming back. He hasn't shown he's going to completely fall down just yet. But I am I am glad that we are going to get two matchups between Brady and Brees. That'll be fun. That will be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. I, I hope we beat the Saints and beat the Living Daylights out of them. But overall, though, the NFC, though, I mean, do, do you think this just gets harder, or do you think Tom Brady is is coming off the cliff? I I'm curious to see how he's going to work pa- paired with Arians. You know, we we've had our conversations, Anthony, oh, about yes. Bruce Arians and accountability, and how he's the first one to throw guys under the bus. Which I don't think Bill Belichick is that kind of guy. Now he will he will hold players accountable, but he's not a, a guy who publicly holds players accountable like Arians uh, will often do with no accountability on himself. So I am curious to see how that'll go. I do like the weapons though that that Brady has to throw to because obviously Jameis did so well with, with all those weapons offensively it threw for a ton of yards. I think they can put up a ton of points. I think the question's still going to be for, uh, for the boxes, you know, how they're going to do on defense. Secondary still needs some work. We got some young corners as uh, both you and I saw when we went to Seattle to go see the Bucks and the Seahawks play, they got taken advantage of by quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm very curious. Like I said, this is probably the most excited I've been as a Bucks fan yeah, you should be. in a really long time. So <laughs> it, be, it is, it, it really it's exciting. I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Schultz joining us here from the Seahawkers and field goals podcast. Uh, Brandon, now we turn our attention and we get ready for obviously the last little bit of free agency news. 
Hopefully, we're still going to have an NFL draft. Obviously, that's the next thing on the docket. Uh, what can fans expect from you guys over at the podcast? Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be looking at guys all the way leading up to the draft, continuing to cover free agency. Clowney is bound to sign somewhere here in the next uh, few weeks. and let, or, or not, I guess, if he decides that he, he needs to wait it out and get physicals with other teams. And who knows how long that could take. So my hope, though, is he signs with the Seahawks soon and we can get, we can get all this wrapped up. But, yes, we'll be covering that. We'll be covering the draft all the way leading up to the draft. I, I'm curious to see how they're going to do it because I, I think it's going to be more of a TV show now than the actual bringing guys up on the stage and you know giving uh, Roger Goodell different kinds of handshakes. <laughs> the Steve Harvey host? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> hey, I'd be all for that. Steve Harvey hosting. I'm still wondering if they're going to figure out a way to pipe in the booze over the commissioner announcing the names just oh. so we can have some continuity with past year's drafts. I, I think Goodell, well... <laughs> I don't know. He's not going to go like for it. that. I, I he, might, he might. It's just like, hey, man, I got to get booed. It's part of the gig here. Uh, Brandon, really appreciate the time. Really appreciate the insight as well, man. Look forward to chatting with you down the road. Looking forward to it.